occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 51. I'm Abby. And I'm Kate. And we'll be your ghostesses on the Wednesday rather than Tuesday because the builders just won't quit. Sorry, we live in a building that is constantly under construction for some reason. It's really bad all the time. <laughs> Obviously. Basically, horrific. We hate it just as much as you do. What are you covering today, Kate? This week, I'll be telling you about a legend of treasure that might be best left undisturbed. The Lost Dutchman's one, to be precise. That was very dramatic. It was, yeah. This is a treasure hunting episode, for sure, because I'm talking about the Oak Island mystery and whether there's a money pit left by some pirates Ooh. or something else. We'll talk about what it might be. Yeah, out we will. But before we talk about that, what do you have us with the news today? Okay, so I got this one from MysteriousUniverse.org, and it was written yesterday, so Tuesday. Would have been groundbreaking news <laughs> if the builders would have just... Anyway, so this one is in Connecticut, specifically in Waterbury. In is the... it a haunting? No. In the city's east end, people are a bit spooked out because there are mysterious booms happening multiple times a night. Boom. Louder, yeah, like louder than a firework, boom. Like they say it sounds like sticks of dynamite. Um, before it was once every couple days, now it's multiple times a night. And everyone's looking for like explanations, obviously. They were like, oh, maybe it is fireworks. There's no fireworks being set off. No one, um, they checked in, it was like under a bridge. There was some explosions heard like the booms heard and someone was like oh i think i saw a flash of light like maybe there were just explosives down there um and the police went down and checked no residue of explosives at all so everyone was like um okay it's unlikely to be earthquakes because they're rare in connecticut um guess it could be sonic booms connecticut has three military bases but none of them have aircraft so it would be weird that's really strange it's like living here, always noisy. <laughs> yeah. So, and people are like, maybe it's aliens because Connecticut's had some UFO sightings, including the famous Newton lights in 1987 that were reported by at least 200 people. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe but, it is. Well, honestly, no one knows. They were like, it's the, it's the loudness of like dynamite or a pipe bomb. That's crazy. Yeah. And now you know that weird Connecticut news for today. Great, thank you. You're very welcome. Do you have anything else to say before we get straight into some uh, gold mysteries? What do we call this? Treasure hunts. <laughs> yeah, gold mysteries, otherwise known as. Um, no, just want to say thank you very much. Uh, we've had a few new patrons over on Patreon, and we've had some great advice on what to do next. What are those called? Requests. Suggestions. Yeah, requests advice. and suggestions on stories. So thank you very much. We will be doing those. Yes. So today I'll be telling you about the Oak Island mystery. This story revolves around a money pit that was left by pirates, maybe. And it may exist, it may not. Many people have tried to excavate it, so let's have a little discussion about it. My sources are oakislandmoneypit.com, wikipedia, history.co.uk, and travelermaster.com. So this story starts in the 19, uh, 1790s, sorry. <laughs> But Off to a great start. The exact year is unknown, so it's likely between 1795 and 1799. Different sources say different things, so I tried to just kind of limit them, really. Mm -hmm. 
but old time ago. Old time ago. When a teenage boy named Daniel McGuinness was exploring the island, which is located just off of the Canadian shore. His family home was located very close to the island, and he was exploring either because he saw some strange lights coming from it, or because he was looking for a place to put a farm. Again, sources say different things, but also he's a teenager, so he might have just been saying that, you never know. Yeah, right, he was like, oh, um, I was looking for a place to put a farm, and really he was just trying to smoke a J in peace. Exactly. Either way, after some exploring around, he noticed a circular depression on the forest floor. That's me, a circular depression. <laughs> the oak trees... <laughs> The oak trees that surrounded it had been removed. Also, a block and tackle may have been seen, but again, we can't be entirely sure because it was absolute yonks ago. For horses? No, like to hoist things. Oh, right. I was like, (laughs) I do not understand. A, horses, B, hoisting. The words are too similar. Either way, he was convinced that something had been hidden down there, especially because of a story he'd once heard. A story where a dying sailor, who was rumoured to be a part of Captain Kidd's crew, confessed that two million pounds had been buried on the island. Captain Kidd, for reference, was a sailor who was executed for being a pirate in 1701. Rip. And I know you would ask about the inflation costs. Mm-hmm. How much is that in today's well, money? Well, it's really hard to calculate because Canadian pounds obviously do not exist anymore. They're now Canadian dollars. So now it's absolutely worthless. So there's no real knowledge. Um, if it was Canadian dollars, it'd be about 70 million now, maybe. Fair. But again, I don't know. If you found it now, you'd just be like, oh, that's some old gold, I guess. I don't know if you could just cash it in. Also, I was going to ask, based on this treasure hunting episode, if you find a bunch of old money, what do you do with it? Well, see, I would say you could take it to the bank because it's it was legal tender so if you're in canada and there are a bunch of canadian dollars it's like here how we changed from the really nice five ten and twenty pound notes to the plastic monopoly money ah yes like if you've still got one of those you can still take it into the bank and exchange it you just can't pay for it like pay for goods and services with it oh right okay so i would say take it to the bank but you might be able to sell it to collectors for more money i was just thinking like if you dug up like two million pounds worth of old canadian dollars surely people would be like oh what are you doing where did you get that you're under arrest anyway <laughs> you're just there, like i found it i was looking you know, for a place way. to put my farm <laughs> <laughs> so pirates were known to frequent this island during the golden age of piracy, which was between 1690 and 1730. It was between 2001 and 2009 when everyone was recording in the movie cinemas. When everyone was on LimeWire. Because the (laughs) unpopulated wilderness on the island allowed them to harbour there for refuge or to fix their ships. Fair. So Daniel left the island and he returned with two friends, Anthony Vaughan and John Smith, and he came back the next day. Imagine having a name like John Smith. Everyone's going to think you've made that up. And the three of them began digging for pirate treasure. The boys dug down and are just two feet down. I'd be surprised if they dug up. Oh my God, will you quit today? (laughs) And they came across a layer of flagstones that sort of covered the surface of the hole, like a layer of them. And they were obviously convinced that they were onto something. So they continued to excitedly dig. Mm -hmm. And the sides of the hole also had clear pickaxe impressions. So they figured they were made by the pirates and who they were hiding their treasure in the hole. Mm Mm-hmm. After they had dug 10 feet down, they found another layer in their way. This time it was rotting timbers made from oak, forming a platform, sort of, again, across the hole. 
The timbers were driven between the sides of the tunnel to form the structure of the hole. And this confirmed for sure that something was obviously hidden down there, Mm -hmm. at least to them. So they attempted to break through the wood. After they managed to do so, they found an empty pocket of air with just like soil below it that had sort of settled. Mm -hmm. However, they remained determined and they dug 20 feet deep only to find yet another barrier. After breaking through the second Oglea, they again were met with the sight of soil, so they abandoned the hole. And some sources say it's because they were discouraged, but others say that it was because like of superstition, and they were like, oh my god, we're going to get haunted by pirate ghosts or something. Understandable, I guess. Seems pretty spooky, so I get it. The boys returned in a few weeks, and they all, they all came back with their tools. It was hot and tiresome, but they continued to dig for their treasure. They removed another 10 feet of dirt out of the way, and they were again met with the same oak barriers they once hit at 30 feet. So it was like every 10 feet, there's some kind of wooden barrier in the way, basically. Right. So after breaking the barrier, they dug a further five feet before they just gave up completely for good and went home. However, word got out that there could be a lot of money buried on this island, and a company named the Onslow Company decided that they wanted to find it. The team were very professional, and they were equipped with excavation tools. So in the very early 1800s, the team dug down to around 90 feet. And like before, there were oak logs blocking the path every 10 feet. They also discovered barriers of putty and charcoal, sealing and protecting the tunnel. But they figured that just meant that the treasure was worth searching for, so they continued to dig unfazed. At around 60 feet, they became very excited when they found the fibres of coconuts helping to seal the hole. Because as you probably know, coconuts do not grow in Canada. So they presumed that whoever dug this hole had come from or been to the Caribbean. Also, coconut fibres were typically used by pirates and sailors to secure and protect their valuable cargo. I'd honestly not even thought about that. I was like, why are they so excited about coconuts? They like them. (laughs) Wow, a coconut me in the grocery store. It's a snack while you're on the way, isn't it? When they hit 90 feet, they came across a strange stone. It wasn't like a gemstone, but instead a large square cut tablet with strange symbols carved into it. That's a treasure map. The symbols are made up of like lines, arrows, and dots, and they managed to pull this out, even though it was huge, to take a closer look. And the photo will be on social media of Replica at MythMagicPod. And the team stopped digging for a while after they found this. For decades, no one could figure out what the stone read, and many people doubted it was even inscribed at all, because as over the years, it you know faded. One of the excavators built it into his fireplace for people to admire. Fair. After he died, the stone was removed and taken elsewhere to try and be understood. People figured it could just never be understood until one researcher attempted to read the code by like correlating the unique symbols to specific letters of the alphabet. Mm-hmm. So like three, le- three lines would mean E. Mm-hmm. He proclaimed that the stone read, 40 feet below, 2 million pounds are buried. Although we don't obviously know how credible that is, there was no real way to fact check it, so everyone was just like, alright, cool, some people were like, that's bullshit, obviously. But either way, the people who were digging it, the Onslow Company, were like, hell yeah, two million pounds are buried there, it's true, so we're going to start digging again. So they continued to dig, and the next layer of logs was surprisingly eight feet instead of ten, and they removed it, and then they just went home for the day. And when they returned the following morning, they were distraught to find that the hole had filled with water overnight. No! And they tried desperately to remove the water with buckets, but it seemed to immediately fill up again. 
Oh, I imagine. They put realized... so much effort in. Yeah, they realised that the pit was built on purpose so people could not find the treasure, and then it was toying with them. So they returned a year or two later with a man who owned a big mechanical pump, <laughs> and they used this pump to remove the water from the hole, and it did so really efficiently. However, it broke down after 90 feet, and the rest of the tunnel remained filled with water. No! They didn't give up, though. They came back another year later, and decided that they just wouldn't dig in the tunnel anymore, but instead they'd dig parallel to it. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you just dig and then dig across? However, after digging just 12 feet, the water from the other tunnel came pooling into the new one, and they just accepted defeat. Oh, as if. Tragic, innit? Forty years went by without anyone attempting to dig up the treasure, and the tunnel remained filled with water, until in 1845, when one of the original three boys, Anthony Vaughan, helped form a new company called the Truro Company, and they set out to find the treasure. They began seeking treasure in 1849, after funding and organising the excavation. They managed to remove the water from the tunnel to the depth of 90 feet like the previous men did, but the next day it somehow risen to 50 feet again. No. And I was thinking, you know what you need? A Charles Wet and Dry. No. But with Charles Wet and Dry. You need Charles Wet and Dry. I've had enough. For those that don't know, I don't know how universal Henry the Hoover is and his famed counterparts, but there's Henry the Hoover. He's nice. He's red. And then there's his girlfriend slash sister. No one really knows the relation. I like to imagine that they're married. Henrietta. And then... She's called Hetty. <laughs> I full named her. Um, and then there's Charles. And he's big and blue. And <laughs> he can suck wet or dry. Yeah, so basically the Hoover is... He's a, he's a big colourful boy. He's a big colourful Hoover. I'm not gendering just the like Hoover. a box on wheels. Yeah, it's just a beautiful Hoover. It's got big eyes, and then the the bit that you suck up all the the dirt with the is like its snoot. It's like a big nose. It's like got a big nose, and it's like snorts up all the stuff. It's so sweet. Kate won't let me get one. They're huge. They are ginormous. They're very efficient. But yeah, Charles can. He needs um, his own bedroom. Charles can just suck up all the water. He just sniffs it all up. If they had one of those, they'd have the treasure. I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I wrote that into my notes. They fashioned a wood platform over the pit and began drilling into it with a hand-powered drill. Like the one that would sort of spin into the ground and then bring things up with it. Yeah. So they could, I guess, attempt to scoop the coins when they got to them. They managed to get down to 114 feet with this tool, but they were yet to find anything. However, apparently they witnessed one of the team wipe dirt off of something before putting it in his pocket, and this guy immediately left and cut ties with everyone, so make of that what you will. The team came back a few years later with a similar plan to Onslow, so to dig down parallel to the hole, get to the treasure, and then have one guy go down to grab it and bring it back up. Put it in his pocket after rubbing dirt off of it and then cut ties with everyone. However, like the first time this was tried, the pit filled with water. But they did realise, um, somehow, I don't really want to know, that the water was salty. And they also realised that it was starting to rise and fall with the tide. <gasps> So they figured it was either a really complex trap or it was just how the island worked. They also figured out that part of the island was man-made. And having a look around, they noticed that it had been built to allow water from the ocean vent to go underground into the money pit. Wow. So after obstructing the water flow, they were upset to find out that the water level continued to remain at the same height. So they gave up for good. No. Why didn't they just come back when it was low tide? 
I, the thing with this story is that many people keep trying things, but no one will just try the same thing that worked once before. Yeah, right. Like, if you'd have just gone... First of all, continued with that hand drill, because they obviously found something. Because that man was sketchy. Second of all, if you've then realised that it correlates with the tide, come back at low tide every day and do more. Yeah, I don't know. Or bring back another water pump. Right? Anyway, maybe I'm, I'm not... I don't know anything about excavation. Maybe it's not that easy. Either way. In 1861, a new group of treasure hunted... Tre- treasure... Oh my god. Jesus, do you own a podcast by any Treasure hunters formed, named the Oak Island Association. And they managed to dig down 88 feet, and they also dug two parallel tunnels down to 120 feet. Their plan was to get down to 130, and then have someone go down the tunnel, dig sideways, get to the goal. You know, same, same. Mm-hmm. However, just a few feet away, the tunnel began filling with water as it did before. No. They began pumping away the water and tried to drain the tunnel for three days, but it showed no sign of doing anything. So they began utilizing the other tunnel they'd built, but that also filled with water. No. So they decided to send a person into the last tunnel to try and see what was causing the flood. So two men went into the tunnel, and while they were in there, water began rushing into it. Oh no. Get them out. Apparently they heard the money pit crash, as the timber that was keeping it supported sort of fell. So part of the wall collapsed, basically. Right. And the hole also caved into 112 feet, but nobody was harmed. Oh my god, that gave me so much fear. As the pit flooded, they found the bottom of a yellow dish and a piece of juniper, so they figured that they were close. They installed a cast iron pump and a steam engine to take the water out of the pit. However, as it was pumping, a boiler exploded and killed the operator. Oh my god! Several other people were injured, and it was the first death caused by the money pit, which would later become a trend and some would say a curse. Ooh. Then in 1890, two men formed a new company named the Oak Island Treasure Company. I love this so much. I love that they're forming companies. I know, right? They're like, well, if I'm going to work on it, I'm going to at least get paid. And they secured exclusive rights to the treasure on the island if they could get it in the next three years. Because usually they'd have to, like, the person who owned it, they'd have to sort of be like, you can have this much if we get it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they were like, you can have all of it if you can get it in the next three years. But initially it was really hard for them to get any traction, so they couldn't raise enough money to buy a pump. But they were just like, let's give it a go anyway. And We've after got digging, our buckets, it's fine. After digging down 12, uh, 10 feet, sorry, they realised they were in the wrong tunnel. No. So oh. when they finally got to the actual hole, they Imagine. dug for 55 feet and then it flooded again. This is so discouraging. I hate this story. Sorry. A year later, they came back with a pump and managed to dig 70 feet before it failed to work again. One man was being lifted out of the hole by an extension rope before it slipped from the pulley and he dropped to his death. No. This led his crew to think that the treasure was cursed or protected, or there was a spirit guarding it. However, they came back to say the second year, the third year I guess, and they were able to dig down 153 feet before they came into contact with what they thought was loose metal. And beneath the loose metal was an iron barrier and they physically couldn't go any further with the equipment that they had. Mm-hmm. But after pulling out the loose metal, they realised it was actually pieces of coconut and a, a tiny piece of parchment with VI written on it. 
They also managed to figure out where the flood was coming from by pouring dye into the hole, which is really clever. Mm -hmm. And it was coming from the shore, but not the vents, as they first thought. But they were unable to clog them. Damn. After this, a guy called William Chappell decided to give it a go. And he'd been on an excavating team in 1897 and apparently found traces of gold on his tools, but he didn't tell the crew. (gasps) What a snake. But they also had a hard time figuring out which hole was the money pit, because at this point it had been like 130 years of everyone just digging holes everywhere. (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. They dug for only one season, and they managed to get 130 feet down. However, they also found a 250-year-old axe, a miner's pick, an oil lamp with sea oil on it, and they discovered stones forming a triangle, but then they had to leave because they lost their lease to excavate. No! Yeah. No! They were so close! Then a guy called Gilbert Hedden was back in 1936, and while he was in one of the many tunnels, him and his men found dynamite, an oil lamp, and an intersecting tunnel with which was 114 feet down, and it was lined with hemlock timbers, so they thought it might have been the one that was one of the flood tunnels originally, to cause the main one to flood. Right. After this, Robert Restall decided he wanted to go. Him and his wife actually met because they worked together in a stunt show, driving motorcycles around a sphere. Oh, that's so cool. Like in the Simpsons movie. Random thing, but yes, for sure. Yeah, right? By this point, it was 1965, though, and the couple had three kids. He settled this deal with the new landowner and began excavation with his family. They dedicated five years to finding the treasure, and they even lived in cabins with no running water on the island, just so they could be close to it. Apparently, they only left to go to mainland to get like essential supplies it's an island you don't need water you've got a bunch shut up (laughs) horribly though here it comes one morning robert and his son were digging in a new spot on the beach they peered in to see the work and inhaled poisonous gas coming from the pit so they lost consciousness and fell into the pit to their death that's horrible i know two nearby workers they had hired came over to see what was happening and they were also met with the same fate Just a few months later, a man named Robert Dunfield brought a huge digging crane to the island to do what nobody had done before. So he was absolutely sick of everyone just digging in small locations. He's going to pick up the whole island with his bare hands. So he brought in some bulldozers to clear all the dirt out of the way. And then they got a huge crane to remove a 140 by 100 foot crater from the pit. And they immediately found some porcelain dishware. But then the tunnel began to collapse from heavy rain. No! Many others have tried and failed to get it, and some people think it's just a big natural phenomenon, and that the hole is just a sinkhole that's been blown out of proportion, but others think it's obviously pirate treasure. Some people think it hides, this is, this is a bit out there, but some people think it hides the true identity of William Shakespeare. Oh, stop it. It's obviously a whole conspiracy we might talk about another time. Oh, Jesus! Christ! <laughs> Sorry about that big bang outside. It's obviously a whole conspiracy we might talk about another time, but basically many people... <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> basically many people don't think Shakespeare wrote any of his stuff because he was just some guy who didn't go to college. So a bunch of people are like, he stole the writings of X. And in this case, he stole the writings of Sir Francis Bacon. And the parchment they found with VI on it was a fragment from a document that tells the truth of Shakespeare. And they also think this is because Francis Bacon has a book that describes a self-flooding tunnel. 
People need to chill. So it could be. Why does it matter? It doesn't. There's currently a team investigating it. Um, it's called the Oak Island Tours, and they have a TV show called The Curse of Oak Island. Ooh. And so far, with the help of divers, they found a Spanish copper coin, a Roman sword. And if the Roman sword is actually Roman when they find out, it kind of changes everything because it makes it far older than what they thought it was. Wow. They also found a book binder and some animal skin and a human bone. They believe it could be linked to the Knights Templar because they found a pendant that looks similar to a cross, but also similar to a goddess that they were accused of worshipping. And apparently the island has like Masonic symbols around it, and the contents of the pit seem to replicate a Masonic initiation rite involving a hidden vault with treasure. So people think it could be the Holy Grail or something else similar. But what do you think? I think... Right, if I was going to do it, <clears throat> hear me out. I think it's a pirate treasure because it's if it was a sinkhole, why would it have like every ten meters like some oak wood? That's that's like what I was thinking. That in the coconut, because I was like, I feel like it could be a sinkhole because it sinks everything. That's yeah, it. and they can't get to it. But then I'm like, it's been it's been obviously built. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone's built this, and they've made it really hard to get to. Definitely, but equally, how did they build that? Well, I guess they put the treasure in the chest, mm-hmm. in the in the, just down in the island. They dug a humongous hole, mm-hmm. and then as they were going back up to the hole, mm-hmm. I don't know, they put the stuff in. They're like, the "How dirt. would you get back up the hole?" I have no idea. Maybe they just chucked it through. I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. And then built a second hole and then made it the water. Exactly, like, how do you build that hole? Because that fills up with shore water. Yeah, well, I guess that's why people think it's also to do with, like, the Knights Templar as well, because they were obviously very clever and known to build things like that. For example? No, I just mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's thought that that was a thing that they did. Yeah. Obviously, I have no idea. I've not done enough research on it to give you a actual information apparently miners used to do a lot of weird tunnels that they could do like crazy stuff with and do them really digging really deep but i, I again i don't yeah, really but know but miners didn't tend to work on the shore as far it's the shore tunnel that seems weird to me because if the pirates were trying to dig this like hole for the treasure fine absolutely and if that hole already existed they would be stumbling into the same problem that everyone else is stumbling into where the hole would just fill up right so sure. let's say that the hole to the shore wasn't there. Then how did they build it without flooding themselves? Or maybe they just had to sacrifice one person. Maybe that's why there's a human bone down there. Maybe. Because they were just like, look, Jim, we've had a really good run, but someone's got to do it. Yeah. I don't know. It could just be that they built this second tunnel and then they just covered that one way better than they did with the first, the actual original sinkhole hole that was in the ground yeah maybe i don't know it seems a bit odd anyway i just think it's the coconut it's the coconut for me it's the it's the coconut for me no it's the um it's the repetition for me it's like every 10 meters there's oak wood yeah that is pretty strange how weird is that yeah it's not even like occasionally that crops up because you know whatever plants die shit happens but that wasn't it 
it's it's repetitively there. Yeah, every ten meters they've done it. Yeah. I think the only thing that I'm unsure of that I think everyone keeps getting very excited about is the fact that all this stuff is down there. Because if you're going to excavate really deep on an island that no one's ever excavated before on, you're going to find old stuff, you know what I mean? Like the dishes and the sword. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, but I don't think they're all necessarily related to yeah, no, the either. treasure if there was any. I think it would just be there because it's an old island. You but know? equally, it could be uh, related to the treasure, but... It's like, for example, the Roman sword, right? And how they were like, oh my god, it's way older than we thought it was. It could be, or equally, if it was frequented by pirates, maybe a pirate took it from somewhere else. True. Because they knew it was valuable, because it's old as balls, and then they just left it there, or they put it in the treasure hole. Possibly, yeah. So So what do you think? I think Should I... we do a scare scale for this? You can, if you'd like. I am. Alright, let's do a scare scale. How scary do you think this big pit is? Big sinkhole? Two? Uh, Two and a half. People have died, and that's not very nice. But do I think there's a curse? Maybe. Do I know for sure? No. Does anyone? No. Because no one knows what's at the bottom of that hole and who made it. True. How dangerous. Two and a half. Same again. People have died, Abby. (laughs) People are dead. That's not nice. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say I would rate it higher. You would? Why? Because they're going into a pit that's... I mean, they thought it was going to be treasure 130 feet. They've dug down 150 feet now. It's flooding with water. It seems pretty dangerous to me. It's not dangerous if you leave it the fuck alone. True. True. That is true. <laughs> um, What's the next one? Likelihood that God. there is treasure in there. I've been doing this for so long now and I'm still like, oh, what's the next question? It's always the thrill for you. You never know what you're going to get asked. It is. Um, I would say four and a half. There's got to be, even if it's not treasure as we think it's going to be treasure, you know, like two million Canadian dollars. Or the Holy Grail. Yeah. like <clears throat> Or like the Ten Commandments, I think someone said. Yeah, like even if it's not that or like Shakespeare's real identity, you know, whatever. But... I think you're going to find some valuable stuff down there if you're already finding valuable like Roman swords and like old pottery and stuff that is of greater monetary value now to us. It is treasure. Definitely, yeah. So, Good point. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely reason to keep looking down there because why not? So what are your ideas? I guess it could be a sinkhole. I think it's pirate treasure. I guess it could be a sinkhole. I'm not really up for believing it was the Freemasons, the Knights Templar. It doesn't really seem their style. Fair enough. How much do you know about it? I know the Masons. Okay. (laughs) But anyway. But like back in day, Knights Templar? Yeah. Right. It doesn't really seem their, their kind of vibe. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. If they were going to hide something. All right, else. fine. Write it down. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. No, go on. Just chuck it on. Um, It could be them, I guess. I don't know for sure that it wasn't. It could be a curse. Or it could just be an island. It could just be a normal island where, because there's the shore, things wash up. And then like soil goes on top of it like a normal island yeah fair enough 
it's weird that hundreds of years ago some teenage boy was like huh i'm gonna dig here and now people are still digging there because they're like this guy was onto something yeah right i just think it's hilarious especially if it is just a sinkhole like for whatever reason People it'd be are like, wow. <laughs> it'd be so funny if like everyone did that because I used to dig holes as a child. I'm sure every child dug holes, but like, could you imagine if every adult took you seriously? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my god, we must dig here quick. Create excavation teams. <laughs> Hundreds Companies. of years will go by. We will dig. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that story. It was nice. It was good. And I'll plug us before we let you talk about treasure too. Sure. So if you like the podcast and you want to see all of the cool behind the scenes stuff and literally everything else that we post please go follow us on social media facebook and instagram at myths magic pod and the same for twitter but we don't really use that quite as much also if you want to support us financially because we don't make any cash from this show and we put a lot of hours into it then you can do that at patreon.com forward slash myths magic murder stop staring at me directly in the eyes sorry it's i'm trying to remember like my little <laughs> mental script i'm like um no money uh twitter uh, over on Patreon, we don't have any tears. Give as much or as little as you want. Thank you so much to the people that already do. It means a lot. And if you also want to join them, then you will get access to some behind the scenes stuff that isn't anywhere else. Some extra episodes that aren't anywhere else and will not be anywhere else. They are just for you. And whatever else uh, we put on there. Oh yeah, what we're going to be talking about the next week and stuff like that. Also, if you have any haunted happenings, spooky stories, or terrifying tales, you can email those on over to us on mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Excellent. Fabulous. Shall I get right into it? Please do. I'm dying to hear about more hole digging. <laughs> no, there are no holes in this one. It's nice. Fine. Holes the movie. My sources are lostdutchmangoldmine.com, allthatsinteresting.com, wikipedia, thinkingmuse.com, dailymail.co.uk, legendsofamerica.com, and huffingtonpost.co.uk. This Dutchman's treasure, because there are a few of them apparently, takes the form of a bountiful gold mine located somewhere in the southwestern United States. Fittingly enough, people believe it's housed within the Superstition Mountains by Phoenix, Arizona. In terms of its name, the Dutchman in question was a German immigrant named Jacob Waltz. Back in the 1800s, he moved to Arizona during the gold rush because everyone moved to America during the gold rush looking for gold. Fair enough. And he met a guy named Mr. Peralta. He was searching for someone to go to his family gold mine with him to help mine the gold out. So basically, he wanted nothing to do with the mine anymore. He wanted, like, one last load of gold. Then he was out. You could just take the mine. Wow, that seems like a pretty good deal. So Jacob Waltz and his partner, Jacob Weisner, took one look at the mine and were like, hell yeah, we're in. We'll do that. Peralta then gave them a temporary deed and left them to it. Seems like a pretty cool guy. However, what Peralta didn't tell them was that he and his family had recently found the mine and struck gold, but their luck ran out when the local Apache ambushed them, leaving no trace of the treasure and killing all but a few of the family. Never mind. Yeah. Unbeknownst to this, Jacob times two were having a great time, and then Jacob Waltz went to grab some more supplies for their mining effort, food, water, get whatever you can, have a good time, some new sticks to pick it rocks with pickaxes <laughs> yep them and when he came back jacob weisner was dead so oh no that wasn't so good for the partners so alive jacob grabbed everything he could and packed up and went to phoenix because he was like i'm not having any more to do with that no fair enough that's so sad yeah 
He didn't tell many people about the riches of the mine, obviously, but he reportedly held out his hands about 18 inches wide and said there was a vein of gold this wide surrounded by hematite and quartz. So one estimate figured that if the treasure is there, it would be about $200 million in today's money. Oh my god. Yeah. You're probably thinking that amount of money could drive most people crazy. Yeah, that could get me 200 million tacos at Taco Bell. I hate that that's what you measure everything in. (laughs) Apparently it did drive people crazy, because Jacob used to shoot people if he thought they were following him to the mine. I love that you just look astounded, honestly. Sure, yeah, please tell Please go on. Since Jacob died in 1891, the only way to find it now would be to decipher the Peralta Tesora Mapa, basically the Peralta's personal treasure map. Alternatively, you can use the Peralta Stones, which are a set of engraved stones that could be used as a map to find the mine in the Superstition Mountains. One main feature of the stones is that there's a huge heart shape cut out, which most people believe is where the treasure would be located. That would make sense. I heart treasure. (laughs) Yeah, right. But I was figuring like the heart of the mine was there, but no. I heart London. (laughs) So obviously the bad thing with old treasure maps is that it was really what was meaningful to you by there. Like, oh, I kind of see a circle in that rock face. So I'll put a circle there. Yeah. So... And obviously, as times change, like this was back in the 1800s, as times change, rocks change, landmarks change, it's all way different. Especially if you're just in the mountains, I imagine. Exactly. How are you going to... Yeah. There have also been some circulated clues. For example, the mine faces west, and at two certain... Oh, sorry. And at certain times of the year, the sinking sun shines between two high ridges, and the gold shines. Also, to the south is Weaver's Needle, which is like a big rock. The people have named that. And a mile from the mine, there was a rock with a natural face looking east. Now, they're not very specific clues, obviously. And like, people were saying, it's really hard because if you say there's a rock with a natural face, do you mean like a rock with a face that hasn't been carved? Or like, it looks like there's a face in the rock? Or what do you mean? But I guess for 200 million, you might as well give it a go. And it hasn't stopped anyone from trying because there are literally zero ways to know where it is. As an estimate from the 1970s said that about 8,000 people a year search for it. Wow. Since then, the figures have dropped to only those that are really dedicated and on the search. I imagine most people are put off by the fear of death. It's said that if you go hunting for the treasure then keep an eye out because some prospectors may follow you so that if you find the treasure, they can kill you and take it all. Nice. Other people are worried because the middle of a vast mountain is the perfect place to kill someone and get away with it. Others just believe in the superstition of the treasure itself. Jesse Capon, for example, was obsessed with finding the treasure. Then back in 2009, he vanished without a trace. His camp was found after one month of him disappearing, And it had his backpack still placed there, which isn't a good sign, because if you're hiking around the mountains, you will need everything that is in your backpack. It wasn't until 2012 that rescuers eyed a boot sticking out of a ledge, 35 feet up a cliff face, and they found Jesse's body. Strangely, that cliff face was half a mile from all of his belongings and his jeep. Oh. Similarly, 
Adolf Ruth was an amateur explorer and treasure hunter that went after the treasure back in the 1900s. He disappeared, again, without a trace. See that again? He disappeared, again, without a trace, and it wasn't until six months after he disappeared, in 1931, that his body was found with two bullet holes in his head that had been from a rifle or a shotgun at almost point-blank range. That's terrifying. His pistol was also later found, but it was fully loaded. His notebook was found, and the final writing in it was Vini Vidi Vecchi, which is, I came, I saw, I conquered. Meaning that he possibly found the mine. Even though all of this happened, the police were like, no, we're not going to investigate. He probably died of thirst, or he committed suicide, case closed. That's so annoying. Committed suicide with a fully loaded pistol. Hmm. Hmm. As well as this, back in the 1860s, a prospector called Alicia Marcus Rivas lived in the Superstition Mountains. Everyone thought he was crazy because he never bathed, he never cut his hair, there were rumours that he ran naked in the mountains while firing his pistol in the air. Sounds like he's got a great life. Right. <clears throat> it reminds me of the you know, the Golden Nuggets guy. He's like a prospector. Isn't he? <laughs> and he has like a, is it like a donkey? Yeah. Suffice it to say, most people left him well alone. Anyway, in 1896, some concerned friends hadn't seen him in a while, so they went to check on him. When they got there, they found the 70-year-old dead, four miles from his home, with his head cut off. Oh my god, no. Yeah. That's so tragic and brutal. Then we go to the 1940s. James Cravey was a prospector looking for the mine. His body was found with no head and again the coroner said there was no evidence of foul play. Others have reported narrowly escaping from a mysterious sniper in the mountains who they think guards the treasure. Charles Massey was killed by a heavy-caliber rifle bullet between the eyes, and the coroner ruled it an accidental death. That's crazy, because like, why would you dedicate your time to just sniping in the mountains? Well, I guess if you're being paid to look after this treasure. But then why doesn't the person who just has the treasure cash in the treasure and then leave? Mm. Okay, it seems kind of odd. Maybe they just like to kill people. I don't know why I'm trying to make sense of this. Like, we aren't a crime paranormal <laughs> show. The very next year, 1955, Martin Zwotho was looking for the treasure, and his body was found a month after he was reported missing. His gun was found under his body, and he had a bullet wound in the temple. But you'll never guess what! The coroner ruled it a suicide. I hate this. It's not even that hard to believe. You know what I mean? It's not like it seems super out of like the, whoa, what could that be? It's mm -hmm. supernatural. And the police are just like, go away because they do that. Yep. It's like a, this this could be legit. Yeah. It sounds pretty legit. Yeah. At least go have a look. 1960. Franz Harrier's headless skeleton was found near the foot of a cliff. 64. Jay Clapp, a prospector, was found three years after his disappearance without a head. Curtis Merworth, R. Dean Charles, and Malcolm Meeks all went missing in 2010, and in 2011, three sets of remains were found believed to be these men. Now, I know it's a shocking amount of weird deaths, but it isn't even half of the reported disappearances and deaths I could find from the Superstition Mountains. Wow. See, I was thinking before you said that, that we should all go. No. We have about, how, what, like 350, 400 active listeners at the minute? 
If we all went together, no, we could all protect each other. I'm not going in a herd. And then we could all take like half a mil each. This sounds awful. I don't want to do this. And then we could all go get a big meal. Of what? Tacos? Half a million tacos? Yeah, just the bean ones though. I don't Stop eat meat. It. Could all of this be chalked up to the harsh environment? Maybe. However, it could also be due to the Thunder God. Oh, nice. Back in 1540, when the Spanish arrived in Phoenix to find the seven golden cities of Cibola, they were told not to go up Superstition Mountain, or as it was then known, the Devil's Playground, because it was sacred ground and the Thunder God would cause tremendous suffering and horrible deaths to those who didn't heed the warnings. The Spanish did not heed the warnings, and almost immediately, people began to vanish from the group they were in, and then they were found later with their bodies mutilated and their heads cut off. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting to think about for sure. I guess. Also, when I originally found this story and wanted to cover it, it was a little while ago, and I saw a conspiracy theory that a cult like the Knights Templar or something could be killing those getting close to the treasure. They're guarding it. Maybe. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, there are people who are guarding it. Whether they're guarding it or they just live in the mountains and they don't want you to come near them. Maybe. Or they like killing people. Yeah. And they're just like, people always come here to find this treasure, so we'll just hide out there. No one will ever find us. Yeah, exactly. Like, it could just be like a serial killer. Definitely. Alternatively, people could just be dying because the mountains are full of scorpions, snakes, healer monsters, heat exhaustion, massive drops, and tight spaces. Oh, for sure. But the head loss? I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. You don't naturally die with your head cut off. Well, you could, but it would be very unfortunate. Yeah, and difficult. Very specific as well for multiple people to have done that. Oh, yeah, thing. for sure. Definitely. Found a sharp rock and then just fell on it. All of them? Yeah, that's too that's <laughs> How many too much. sharp rocks are there in the Superstition Mountains? So, yeah, that that was it, really. There was nothing else I could find. That's very spooky. Thank you. What would you rate it in terms of scariness? I'm going to rate it like quite high, actually. Um, at first, I wasn't so sure. But mm-hmm. now, because of all of these deaths, mm. I feel like it's probably like a four and a half. Oh. Well, I'm just thinking how I would feel. Because I like to put myself in these situations. If you're just going on a treasure hunt on a mountain, or even just like, I don't know, spooky hike. <laughs> spooky hike. The chance that you could be shot with a sniper rifle or beheaded or smited by a thunder god is pretty spooky. That it is, yeah. That's terrifying. Or beheaded by a thunder god. That one would be kind of cool. <laughs> Only you would say that. Danger? Five. Fair. People have been beheaded multiple <laughs> times. Yep, all right. I cannot rate it any less. What is the likelihood that there is a treasure here? Probably like a five. Oh, she thinks. I think there's treasure, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily why people are guarding it because I think logically maybe again I don't know anything about excavation I think logically if you wanted this treasure and you knew where the thing was why would you dedicate your whole existence to guarding it rather than just cashing it in what if it's not your treasure what if it's like like you're in a cult or like you're in the Knights Templar or whatever it's not yours, but it is your job to protect it. Because that's all the Templar were, basically, is that they, they carried around treasure and they would guard it. Yeah. In the in the beginning. So maybe. Possibly, yeah. I it's mean just either their job. way. I just think like 
there's something in there. It, it makes sense, you know, that guy had a treasure, he had a little treasure thing going on there, mm-hmm. a mine, and then it's still there, surely. Like, why would that not be legit, you know? Fair. Uh, any alternatives? Cult in the mountains. Cult. Nothing else. Serial killers in the mountains. Serial killers. <laughs> Maybe like a curse. Fair. I guess Thunder God. Thunder God. That one's cool, but like I don't think I love that one. I was like, wow, how different. Yeah, I don't know if I fully believe it, but I mean, again, I I don't know. I'm open to it. Sure, yeah, why not? Yeah. Anything else? No, I personally believe it's some kind of cult. Fair. But we shouldn't go. But let me know if you want to come get 200 million tacos with me. Hell yeah. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a comment on our latest thing and say, I want to get 200 million tacos with you. And I'll write you all on a list. Well, I mean, obviously, the more people, the less tacos. The more, if everyone brings one pound slash one dollar slash one of whatever your currency is, we can get tacos anyway. Yeah, I'd do that. I'd be hella down for that. Yeah. After the pandemic, taco squad. Tacos are on you. Yeah, you guys can all pay. We're not paying. (laughs) That's what Patreon is. We're not paying for like any of our equipment. Yeah, no, we're not paying for the hosting fees or anything. We're just like, God, I want me some Taco Bell. The mic breaks and I'm like, man, it's too bad. I'll have to just use my money to buy a... We'll just share Kate's mic. Bean and cheese burrito. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Well, after we've successfully charged shit and treasure... Yes, let us know if you believe in any of the treasure. And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>